Welcome to the 902 podcast, the official podcast of the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm Captain John Vick, and I want to thank you for listening. This podcast will give you an inside look at LSO with topics and guests to discuss public safety issues impacting Lancaster County. Be sure to subscribe for highlights on news, cases, and the people working for you at LSO. You can also follow us across social media at LSO Nebraska on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Welcome to the 902 podcast. We are in studio today uh, without the sheriff this time. Um, we've got uh, just some different things going on and couldn't make everybody's schedules work. But Chief Deputy Houchin is here. Thanks for being here, Ben. Yeah, it's a uh, Friday afternoon. So here we are. We've got crazy nice weather for November, so yes. even though it's getting a little bit colder. But we'll, we'll see if we can hang on to it through Thanksgiving. I don't know. That would be nice. Okay. We have uh, some very special guests in the studio today, and the topic is Live On Nebraska, and we will get into exactly what that means in a little bit, but I want to introduce our guests and uh, give them a chance to introduce themselves. So, Tyson, why don't we start with you? Yeah. Uh, my name is Tyson Kinsley. Um, I am the outreach coordinator for Live On Nebraska, so my job is working with law enforcement, county attorneys, um, which are coroners in Nebraska. Yep pathologists, homicide detectives, um, kind of all of our professional partners that aren't part of the hospital. Um, and so I've been doing that for, I think, six years now. Um, and I'm also joined by one of my colleagues, Kara Cordell, and I'll let her kind of tell you a little bit about what she does at Live on Nebraska. Right. Thank you, Tyson. Yes, I am Kara Cordell, and I'm the marketing and public relations manager for Live on Nebraska. So my job really is to educate Nebraskans about the importance of organ and tissue donation, share the stories of those that have been impacted by it, and then encourage others to consider registering as an organ and tissue donor. So awesome. and I talked about stories, and we have a really special story and a really special donor mom with us today, and that is Colleen. Colleen, you want to say hi? Yep. I, my name is Colleen Lovett, and I am a donor family member for my daughter Ryan Post that was 13 when she donated. Yeah, that's well, we're so glad that all of you are here and uh, the work that you do is so important. So let's let's get right to it. So Tyson, why don't you help us out? What uh, What is Live on Nebraska? Yeah, Live on Nebraska is the federally designated organ procurement organization for the state of Nebraska and Council Bluffs. Iowa didn't want them, apparently. And uh, I've heard that one before. Ben, I can't blame Ben's them. From, Ben's from Western Iowa. Yeah. So, uh, well, you get it. He gets it. Yeah. I'm a river rat, I so think, yes. I think it was like in the 70s that this was actually decided, um, kind of where all these would lie. Yeah. and. We got it. Um, And so our responsibility um, at that level is to essentially to care for the organ and tissue donation process. Um, When someone passes away, we facilitate that process. So we um, have over a hundred, well over a hundred employees now that work for our um, nonprofit organization. And we have our own RNs, our own medical director, um, and obviously work really closely with all the hospitals. And then um, we work very closely with all the law enforcement agencies in Nebraska to include uh, the county attorneys as well for their process of um, determining manner and cause of death through the coroner process. So, you know, when we talk about Live On Nebraska and, and you know, I guess associating that with organ and tissue donation, what, what is kind of the, the core mission of your organization and, and what, what are your folks trying to, to make happen every day? Yeah, the core mission of Live On Nebraska is to heal and save lives through organ and tissue donation. So one thing that's really cool about living for or living for working for Live On Nebraska is that our mission, our entire agency's mission is to save lives. And that's a pretty cool thing uh, to get to be a part of. So everything we do um, from the janitor to the CEO is about saving as many lives as we can uh, through this process. Yeah, well... We obviously play a, a a piece of a much bigger puzzle, but uh, talk to us a little bit about how the the interaction with law enforcement works in that process. Yeah, so as you can imagine, many times when a death happens, uh, law enforcement's going to be involved. They're going to be investigating the death. Um, it could be a homicide, or it could be something where there wasn't a doctor involved in that death, and so law enforcement's making sure that they've got all the information they need um, to make sure that we know what happened, and so. When we get involved and we say, hey, we want to we donate some of these organs or these tissues to save and enhance lives, 
Sometimes we can get in the way if we don't work with law enforcement. So what our mission when it comes to law enforcement and the collaboration between your agency and ours or any law enforcement partners is to make sure that we do that together. So we can save lives, but we can also make sure that any kind of evidence or anything like that is preserved so that you guys can do your job as well. Um, and we think that's what's right. And I know that you guys do too. It's, it's, it's something everyone wants to be a part of, but we got to do it the right way. So that's part of what, what our collaboration has been um, specifically with you um, and your agency uh, because we work really well together. Ben, I think collaboration is probably the best way to, yeah. to say it because ultimately, I mean, in public safety, we're here to, to save lives. Yeah. And, and sometimes that looks very different, um, mm. whether that's, you know, we're trying to prevent traffic crashes and things like that on the highway or on the other side of an investigation, we are trying to do that in a way that can also facilitate the mission of organizations like yours. Yeah, very much so. A lot of times it takes a tragedy and makes Mm. it something at least good from that. And, you know, to me, and I know we'll talk about that later of just being able to do that. Now, when I was a sergeant uh, and we started, this started really revving up, I was really concerned about it because, you know, you have your criminal case that you're worried and you didn't, yep. you, you don't want to lose that case. And, right. you know, as I went through my career and became the captain, we've worked really close together and, and got a process mm-hmm. that uh, seems to be working very well. And I think you've even introduced it to other agencies that we do on those things. And, uh, Indeed. It, it, you know, it fi- finally catches you that um, – they know what they're doing. The cases don't get hurt and somebody gets something to improve their life or save their life. And how can you argue that? I know, yeah. we're, I know we're going to get into some specific stories and examples here in a few minutes, but just, just overall, I mean, in, in a case where you have organ and tissue donation, mm-hmm. what's the, what's the potential reach um, or, or the potential lives that are impacted um, by by that organ tissue donation. Yeah, so one organ donor can save a, up to eight lives, wow. um, depending on what's um, healthy enough to be transplanted and survive. Um, so that's pretty incredible. Heart, mm-hmm. lungs, liver, kidneys, pancreas, intestines um, can all be transplanted. Um, amazing, simply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a tissue donor, so that's things actually like long bones, okay. um, saphenous veins, skin, things like that can be um, transplanted, and that can actually save and impact hundreds of lives. Um, and it's actually kind of hard to put a, a solid number on that. Um, and I glad, I'm glad you clarified between impact and, and lives saved, because while we can save all these lives and we can enhance all these lives, the impact and the reach of that is infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, again, we'll talk a lot more about the reach that uh, saving a life and making a decision and working together to do this, the, the reach and the impact that really can have on one family. Before we before we go down the road too far, I just want to make sure our listeners are kind of framing this correctly in their mind. So, really, this is as this is as simple as checking that box when you are are getting your driver's license that you want to be an organ and tissue donor. Yep, and and we'll talk a little bit more later about how people can get involved and, and support you. But what what you're talking about is um, is that question? I mean, on uh, it, it gets asked in a lot of different ways, but I think yep. for, for most listeners. It, they they recognize oh do I want to be an organ and tissue donation um, do I want to be a part of that and it's it's a it's a why on their driver's license yep okay yeah there's a couple other ways to do it but that's that's what most people think of when they think of registering as a organ and tissue donor and that's exactly what we're talking about yeah you know the one thing too is a lot of times we have autopsies mm-hmm. with you guys yep and the amazing thing and I loved about what ended up happening is where we do our autopsies up in Omaha mm-hmm. you guys are across the hallway basically right yep. there to be able to do that and I thought you know that made it so much more simpler for law enforcement mm-hmm. and everybody involved to have that right then and there and I think it's really improved everything uh, in that process yeah very much so and and I think in a talking about collaboration but in a holistic way to have law enforcement there to have the pathologist that's doing the forensic autopsy in the same room and then to have our team all i mean literally a door apart um has improved relationships oh greatly has improved collaboration when it comes to things like communication and what we can actually recover without getting in the way of something that say the pathologist needs or maybe law enforcement says hold on we can't go there Mm -hmm. um we have that immediate conversation so that's a that's a great point and something that's been wonderful for for our community sounds really good 
Hey, I'm Captain John Vick with the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office. When it comes to your career, don't settle for good enough. Don't settle for ordinary. We won't either. Be different, be better, be exceptional. Start your future today at joinlso.com. With some specific examples of how this process has worked right here in Lancaster County, why don't we why don't we talk about a a story that might be familiar to to some people at least the name um, but they may not be familiar with some of the things that happened after right again so I'm privileged to be here with um, Colleen today and um, you know it's never a relationship that we want to have I wish I didn't know Colleen to be honest with you but um, she we know her because her daughter Ryan was a donor when she was 13 years old um, and I'm going to let Colleen tell that story but. Colleen has just become this an amazing advocate for donation because of the experience she had and the impact that her daughter is continuing to have on the world. And so it's just really special to have her be here. And Colleen, if you want to share share with us, start by telling us about Ryan. Yeah. So Ryan was your typical 13 year old girl, um, you know, making musically videos, which has now kind of gone into popular TikTok, mm-hmm. um, hanging out with her friends, huge, um, it, immensely involved in Cheer Express, um, competitive cheer here, and had been for several years. We would always say that she was the cheerleader's cheerleader because she was the one that would always, you know, pump up everybody and make them do a good job. And, you know, back when she was younger, I was like, you know, this kid is really sassy and bossy. And then at Cheer Express, she won a leadership award. And I was like, okay, bossy paid off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So she was just very, uh, very independent, very, um, you know, loved everybody. At, she went to school at Norris Middle School, and she was friends with the janitor, the resource officers, every teacher. I mean, everyone just really knew who she was, um, predominantly from her doing cartwheels down the hallway while, you know, classes are out. You know, I'm sure some kids were like, okay, enough. But um, <laughs> we always have this motto, it's one more time, because she was the kid that was, just one more time, mom, just one more time, just yeah. one more time, yeah. you know, a thousand times in a day it was you know agnosium but you know now you're like okay so now it's our our motto just keep going one more time Mm -hmm. um and so that was ryan and a per you know and she um you know i can kind of just transition into what happened um so riley uh, my oldest daughter she was 16 at the time um, decided to take a friend home from school, and then that put Ryan in the back seat of the car. And so, as they were leaving Norris on a rural road with no shoulders, um, there was an accident, a car crash down a mile ahead, and it backed traffic up. So, mm-hmm. the kids were leaving school, nobody was paying attention, everybody's having fun with their friends. And so, Riley came up over the hill, and there was a car, so she slammed on her brakes and kind of tapped the car in front of her. And then the next vehicle was driven by a 17-year-old girl from Norris, was not paying attention, didn't see traffic was stopped, and rear-ended them and crushed Ryan in the backseat. I was very fortunate that in that line of parents picking up their kids, there was nurses, fire, EMTs. And so they all rushed and got Ryan out and was able to do, um, you know, life-saving measures on her Mm -hmm. until, you know, they can get the life flight and take her to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So when we got to the hospital, you know, it was chaos and everything's going on. And it took a little while for the doctor to come in and say, we're sorry, but, you know, there's nothing that we can do. You know, she's gone. And then that's kind of when... One, my world is falling apart, but then Live On came in. And in that chaos, they became my saviors. Because at, out of that time in the hospital, there, I, there's no way I would have been able to hold, hold it together. Um, they definitely became my, my saving grace. And um, through everything that kind of went on, um, we almost didn't get to do it. Kind of how you guys were talking about the collaboration with, um, you know, the sheriff's department. A sheriff, a deputy sheriff, came in and he goes, "No, we can't do live uh, organ donation. Um, we can't." He actually used the word harvest. Um, so I want to point that out. That terminology, we donate or gift, mm-hmm. um, because her body is evidence. 
And that was really hard. Mm -hmm. um, but Live On really um, advocated for us to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so through that, she donated five organs, heart, lungs, both kidneys were given away, and then a liver, and then also 11 tissue. So wow, quite the impact, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's something that we, since we've partnered, because we haven't always partnered, with, Live On Nebraska has not been here since the 1860s when we started. True. Um, you know, True. you're a, a newer shop in town, so to speak, um, in that regard. But, you know, we've we've worked really hard to try and, I guess, stress to our deputies the importance of um, of that collaboration. Mm -hmm. And and we we do have have a job to do when it comes to the the evidentiary side the criminal side we want to make sure that we're holding people accountable um you know if if there's there's driving things that are in place if there's mm -hmm. homicide investigations things like that but um it, it's certainly a balance and being able to collaborate with live on and kind of have have someone be able to walk through us and say you can you can do what you need to do but we can also do this mm -hmm. Um, I, th I think is is certainly something that's that's helped the the community. Well, that's this occurred in our jurisdiction and yeah. our relationship we had um, with us and with uh, Pat Condon up mm -hmm. in the county attorney's office. I, I think sometimes our investigators don't always know what we know than what we right. can do on that. Yeah. So it didn't take us very long, I don't believe, to figure out no, we can do this mm -hmm. and this is going to be okay. And I think that has something to do with our relationship and you know we don't talk every day by no sure. means but we sure check in with each other and and keep that dialogue and if there's ever any issues whatsoever they're they're fixed just like that so that mm -hmm. we can keep doing the good things that you guys are doing yeah and and i'm glad you pointed that out the um the commitment to doing that and doing what i would say is the right thing in that scenario um is it, you lancaster county has set the bar um, for that commitment. Absolutely. Um, I know with full confidence, even if someone on our team comes to me and they're like, we're, we're having a problem. I go, we're not, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we'll fix the problem because I know that the Lancaster County Sheriff's office and the County attorney's mm -hmm. office is never just going to say no to saving lives through organ and tissue donation. Um, so thank you. Uh, that collaboration means the difference in five lives, literally. And, and that's what getting to know each other. Mm. You know, if you've never met before and it's game day, that's not the time to have those conversations yeah, that very do much, that. And yeah. uh, um, that's what makes it work. And I'm, and I'm so glad that we have had these relationships. Yeah. And uh, I know we stress very hard on our deputies that this is what we want to do and, and how we want to do it. And, you know, they've they've taken it on and I know them hearing your story is going to go, Oh, this is why mm. we do it all the time. So speaking yep. of why we do it, Colleen, I guess I want to, I want to bring it back to Ryan and, and talk about the, the five lives that were, that were, um, well, in, in this case saved, um, by that, by that donation. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. So, um, her heart went to Kathy, who was a grandma in Grand Island. Um, liver, um, she had heart failure, a lot of heart attacks, didn't even know it until like months down. And they, she went in for the doctor's office and you've been having heart attacks, you know, wow. I, that to me is mind blowing. Um, and then liver went to Ron from Plattsmith. Um, he actually got hepatitis from military from a poor um, blood transfusion. Okay. Um, and he was pretty much on his deathbed. Wow. Um, and they're both in their eighties and Ron, he's like, I'm healthier now than I was in my twenties. Mm -hmm. Um, the lungs went to a 16 year old boy. Mm. Um, I, that's all the information that the family wanted me to know. Sure. Um, and it, then both kidneys went to a three and a four year old, three year old little girl named Lexi from, um, Norfolk and then a four year old Carmelo. Um, and Ron, Kathy and Lexi have now become my family. You know, yeah. I've talked to Lexi's mom every day almost. And I talked to Kathy two days ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Ron joined us at the live on walk, um, wow. in September. So we were able to walk together and yeah, they, they've become my second family and, and Ryan definitely lives, lives on with them. I think so, so. I, I see you mentioned all of them were from Nebraska. Is that normal for everybody who is getting these organs from Nebraska, or how does that work? Uh, it's not necessarily normal. Um, part of the way that the process works is we sort of uh, we work out. Um, there's several factors that go into who who's the most sick mm -hmm. um, and has the highest need. 
and is also a match for that organ. Um, but then there is a piece of that puzzle is working out um, geographically starting in Nebraska. Okay. Um, and there are, you know, Nebraska Medicine is a transplant center. Right. Um, and so there are people actually who are on the list and they move here um, to be to be right here close to the transplant center because if they get a heart, mm-hmm. a liver, a kidney, that's that's oftentimes that's a go. It's time to go to the hospital and, right and start that surgery. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, oftentimes it happens, um, but not necessarily the norm. Okay. So, I, and I'm sure it's not, it's not, regardless of the geography, I'm sure it's not always, always this way. I think when I, everybody has that, that decision in their mind, you know, when they, when they do check that box or in, or in whatever way they, mm-hmm. they sign up to be a organ and tissue donor. And you kind of think through that um, as, gosh, would anybody ever know? Or, you know, is it just kind of, randomly goes somewhere but mm-hmm. for you to have people who've become now you know close with you um right here in nebraska that you've impacted those lives and we didn't even talk about the ones that have been impacted by tissue donation beyond that um that's really cool uh to be able to have those those connections and 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 keep that going i, I think that's that's probably something that a lot of people don't think about at, at least i didn't how did that help you knowing that to get through your grieving process well, the first letter I got in the mail was from actually Kathy's grandchildren. Oh, and wow. they sent me a letter saying, thank you for not letting my grandma die. Oh, oh. And I, of course, lost it, you yeah. know, at that moment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, organ donation is something that has been in my family. You know, we weren't able to donate. My brother was born in 1979 with Bailey atresia, which is liver failure. Mm. And back then they weren't doing very many organ donating, um, you know, especially on infants. Mm. And so my brother passed away at nine months old because he couldn't get a liver transplant. And that has, you know, always been in my mind. If he could have gotten a transplant, I would have had an older brother. And so, you know, and then to see, you know, my baby dying, to know that I can make another parent not go through that, mm-hmm. that was my biggest thing. Wow. You know, I, I, it's the worst nightmare you can think of, you know, and so if I can help somebody else, whether it was a grandma or a grandpa or, you know, three-year-old little Lexi, you know, to make somebody else, you know, not have to go through that pain. And so by getting those people in my life, it's just that continuing you know, appreciation. And, you know, we're not asking for anything, but it's nice to have those people in my life that every day remind me that Ryan didn't die for nothing. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I, I, I do think that that's just, um, to hear that come full circle, you know, from, from your brother to then Ryan, um, is just, a. You know, it's that 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 silver lining to the story that uh, you know that you can you can look back on, and that's really special. Um, speaking of some of the things that happened after, what are the what are some of the things that Live On Nebraska does for families in in the aftermath of a tragedy like this? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't really think about what a gift that donation can be to the family too. And so Colleen has really expressed some of those ways that this has been a blessing to her. Um, we actually have a 13th month, 13 month aftercare program for all of our donor families. Um, and that means we're there with a phone call just to check in, see how you're doing. We send them um, grief resources right away. We send them mementos. Every, every donor gets a medal of honor just to, to really um, pay tribute to that gift. And then we have events throughout the year that we in- invite donor families to. Um, we have a luncheon for our recent donor families every year where we honor you know every donor that, a family that comes through that door. We have holiday events coming up um, this or in December, obviously, where we um, put ornaments on Christmas trees throughout the state with our donors on them and invite their, their families to come be part of that. Um, Colleen mentioned our, our walk that we have every September, our Rally for Life walk. Um, there's opportunities to honor those donors during that event, too. So there's lots of ways that we do that. Um, the, like I said, that program is 13, 13 months, but... We don't, you know, we don't kick anybody out the door at 13 months. They're really kind of part of our family for life. And Colleen's well past that 13th month month mark. And um, just that correspondence that she talked about and getting to meet those recipients, um, we facilitate that. And so, like she said, she started 
with a letter that she received. And so when somebody's ready to make that connection, they send a letter to us. And then we forward it on to the transplant center that um, the patient received that transplant at. And then that communication just starts back and forth. And, you know, it's different for every donor family and every recipient. Some people have a really hard time receiving or writing a letter. And, you know, some people may never hear from anybody. And that's why we always try to show our donor families examples. Maybe this isn't the recipient of your loved one's organs or tissues, but we want to show them the impact of that maybe from somebody else. Yeah. So we try to do that um, with all of our families. But, you know, when they do get to make those connections and Colleen having, you know, met so many of hers is fantastic. And it does our hearts good, of course, to, to hear those and, and see the results of the work that we were a part of as well. But, um, I think for a lot of donor families, they they really see that donation as a gift, and they have so much pride in um, knowing that their loved ones are living on. That's a, a really special part of my job. People always ask me, like, what's the best part of your job? And when I started working for Live on Nebraska, I thought, oh, just being able to you know, help save a life. Like that's mm-hmm. incredible. And it is. And that's why we do the work that we do. But honestly, my favorite part is when I get to interview a donor family and write a story or put something on social media about their loved one and how much that means to their family. Um, we call them heroes because they are like saving a life. You are a hero. And so yeah. whenever I get to write a story and send it back to the donor family and they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Like that for sure is the most re- rewarding part of my job. Yeah. There's one other thing I got to throw in there that we do that's uh, really special, and that's a moment of silence um, that we have for each of our donors before that that surgery begins. Hmm. Um, it's not always silent because sometimes families, um, and I don't know how your case was, Colleen, but sometimes families have something they want read um, or even like a song played in that moment. I mean, we're talking like in an OR mm-hmm. about to do that surgery, and we always at Live on Nebraska, no matter what, we take a moment. We stop and we 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 thank that person for what they're what they're going through and for making that that decision uh, to save lives because it's it's an incredible uh, thing that's happening. Well, and so if I can add on to that, in the OR, what Live On had us do is each write a little bit of Ryan on it, and then in the OR, they read that to all the um, operating staff, so that way they can know Ryan and. Um, you know, feel a little connection towards her. So yeah. it made it very personal, which I really uh, appreciated. Yeah. What was the, as a, as a donor family, what was that aftercare experience like for you? Um, well, I mean, during, during the whole thing, it was, um, we were, the crash happened on a Wednesday. We didn't donate till Sunday. So, you know, four or five days sitting mm-hmm. in the hospital, um, you know, every day or every, you know, a couple hours they would come in and would say we got another match. But mm-hmm. our coordinator that was there with us for probably 20 hours of the day, I don't know if this lady ever slept. Um, she was with us through it. Um, and she was doing, you know, we, we did thumbprints and they gave us the uh, build bears with Ryan's heartbeat in them. Um, oh. By the way, I need more batteries. Uh, <laughs> we gotcha. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then we uh, put the flag up um, outside the hospital to let everybody know driving by that there was somebody there that was going to be donating. And so that during the hospital, there was just so much um, that it, and it was so you know, just re- I don't know what the word is to say, but, um, you know, it's just great that in that moment, those few days that we were just taking a moment to celebrate Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards, like it. I mean, we've been six years. This is, you know, our sixth year uh, in October. And so, you know, I'm very privileged to be working with Live on Nebraska and, you know, that they continually ask me to, you know, speak because not only am I getting to share Ryan's story, but I'm also getting to talk about what an impact this has been on our lives. Um, And so, you know, that's, that's primarily, you know, the, the best part of it. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think it's from the outside looking in, it's easy just to think, well, you know, people take care of all this stuff and and it just happens quickly. But like you said, this was, this was over the span of days mm-hmm. and, and I know, um, you know, from, from being through situations where I've lost family members, sometimes you can just feel kind of helpless. Um, did, did this process give you any, you know, kind of a, a sense of purpose during that time or kind of a, 
a, a mission, you know, or, or something to think about or, or how did, how did that play out for you and your family? It was kind of a double-edged sword, if that's the right context of it. But Ryan looked like she was sleeping. Hmm. There was nothing on the outside to show that she was gone. Hmm. And that, you know, even the neurosurgeon that had to make that decision said it was the hardest he had to do because looking on the outside, she was just sleeping that was it mm-hmm. you know everything it, it, there's just so much trauma to her brain that she wasn't going to recover and so you know you see stories of people like being brain dead and then coming back and everybody's you know like you know well have that thought in your head of like did I make the right choice mm-hmm. but um you know as a parent after knowing exactly what she went through and all of her trauma that she went through, even if she did survive, she would have been a vegetable. And if you see any of her videos, that kid didn't sit still. That wouldn't have been a life that I wanted for her. Yeah. Um. So in that moment, you know, of thinking like, am I doing the right thing? You know, is this the right decision? Do I continue to hold out hope? Because there wasn't like what you see on in the, on the movies where it's like they push the button and the breath just stops and that's it. That was really hard. And so knowing that the life that she's going to continue to have in these other people, that made that decision even easier. Yeah. Yeah. If you weren't able to, how would it, that your experience changed losing your daughter? Can you answer that part at all? Yeah. Um, Like I said, you know, knowing that she is living on in five other people, you know, is what makes it worth it. Because if she didn't and she just died, there would have been a whole lot of, well, what was her purpose? What was her meaning for life? At 13 years old, you know... You hear people, it was like, it was her time. And like, oh, she was 13, not 99. Um, But, you know, so what was the purpose of her 13 years? And I feel that was that moment. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, Lancaster County, it's Captain John Vick with the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office. We wanted to make you aware of a new website, LancasterLookout.com. There you can find an up-to-date list of the most wanted fugitives in Lancaster County and also link to LincolnCrimestoppers.com where you'll find a listing of all of the unsolved cases that we need your help with tips to solve in the Lincoln and Lancaster County area. The most recent case featured is the disappearance of Tyler Goodrich. Tyler's been missing since November 3rd at about 7.30 p.m. and we really need your help to try and locate Tyler and bring him home safely. If you have information about Tyler's case or any other cases on Crime Stoppers or Lancaster Lookout, it's really easy to provide information. You can speak with a Lancaster County Sheriff's Deputy or Lincoln Police Officer by calling 402-441-6000, or you can report information anonymously to Lincoln Lancaster County Crime Stoppers. Reporting to Lincoln Lancaster County Crime Stoppers is the only way to remain anonymous and or be eligible for up to $1,000 in reward. To make your report to Lincoln Lancaster County Crime Stoppers, you can do it in a few different ways. First of all, you can call to speak with a Crime Stoppers call taker anonymously at 402-475-3600. You can also leave an online tip at lincolncrimestoppers.com. Finally, you can also download the Lincoln Lancaster County Crime Stoppers app on the same webpage. Just remember to include the case number with the tip so that they know which case you're talking about. And please note, all individuals are considered innocent until proven guilty in court. You know, with that that purpose, um, you've gone on to do some other advocacy things for teen driver safety. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I work with an organization out of California called Impact, Impact Teen Driving. Okay. Um, we have a video on YouTube called Ryan's Story, and that is shared internationally. So they go into schools from elementary, middle, high school, and they talk about the dangers of distracted driving. Um, with our story, we hold a lot of accountability, um, you know, because 
everybody has had a part to play. You know, if her sister Riley didn't give the friend a ride home, Ryan would have been in the front seat. She would have been hit from back. They would have been a little banged up, but she would have been fine. We're not causing blame. We're just showing our accountability in that. The girl behind was had a pop license. With a pop license, you're not supposed to be on your phone. She was on speakerphone talking to her mom, thought that was safe, but was still looking down at the phone. So what Impact Teen Driving talks about all those dangers, that the risk of driving after dark, you know, increases your chance of being in a car crash. The number of people you have in your car increases your chances of having a car crash. Mm -hmm. So um, they go all over, you know, um, I'm actually flying out to San Diego in a couple weeks to do their impacted family luncheon um, where we get to share Ryan's story with other, you know, law enforcement out in San Diego. Um, But then I also um, just started working with – Drive 25, Keep Kids Alive out of Omaha. Um, And that's also, you know, talking about the dangers of um, traffic deaths. So, uh, you know, it's it's both. You know, I feel like advocating for organ donation, but also the preventative measures of, you know, safe driving. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes people can look at us in law enforcement and think that we're just we're just the the people wearing the sunglasses behind the radar gun, um, (laughs) you know, and handing out speeding tickets. Um, but I, I have a daughter at, at Norris middle school and a lot of people that are listening have kids at Norris middle school or Malcolm or Waverly or, you know, anywhere all the way to California or the other side of the country. And, um, it's really scary having, having kids that are, you know, driving or, or just in cars with siblings and things. And so, um, we in law enforcement have a part to play, but we certainly couldn't do it without people like you that are uh, that are willing to show that story and uh, and and bring it home for people because I know it bring it brings it home for me. So, Tyson, do you want to talk a little bit more just about kind of how the um, some of that emotional journey for donor families um, and uh, and how that all plays out? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> we can't explain it much better than someone who experience that right um but the impact is just it's so vast um and pretty incredible to hear you say that in some way that was her purpose and then to see that not only does a part of your daughter live on but that impact is continuing and continuing and who knows how many lives have been saved due uh due to the education just with her story because of that story um so i think that's 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 incredible um the process can be really tough. Mm-hmm. It can be, I mean, obviously the process of lose, losing a child or anyone you love is hard. Yeah. Um, the process of allowing them to be a donor is hard. It's a hard process, um, but it has many fruits. Um, and I think that we call it in our world, we call it a connect to purpose. And that story is the connection to the purpose, not only for us, but for you guys too, um, for your deputies and for your, and for the County attorney's office that, Sometimes it's really easy. I think it's human nature to think that we're, you know, I'm doing my job. I'm maybe protecting evidence. That's important. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what else could be happening based on a single decision? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's the purpose behind our collaboration. That's, mm-hmm. that's the purpose behind our relationship. That's the purpose behind your commitment. Um, it, it, it's, it's saving lives. And, it's, and sometimes that can sound trite, but that story is what it's all about. Um, it's not a, it's not an easy story. I've told families um, that I had worked with that you know, people like Colleen are in a, they're part of a club now. It's a club no one wants to be in. Yep. Um, but there's there's not a whole lot of moms who have lost a, a kid tragically. The number of moms or parents who have lost a kid tragically and were able to save lives and carry that on that way through donation is even smaller. Um, and so while it's something she didn't want, it's an incredible thing to be a part of. Kara, do you want to talk about some of the educational things that Live On Nebraska does and, and what that awareness looks like? Yeah. Ben, you said something earlier that made me think about, you said, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment is not the time to introduce each other or try to start this collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true just about donation itself. Um, 
you know, a lot of people are registered. Half of Nebraskans are registered. Um, we want that number to be higher. We want to be able to help more people and, and for more families like Colleen's to have that experience. But um, something that we always really talk to people about is having a conversation with your loved ones about donation and what that would mean to you. Because in the in the heat of the moment, you know, it's really hard to make decisions. And if you've already made that decision, it makes it easier. If your family knows that you've made that decision, then mm-hmm. they're, they're on board, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, yes, we're behind this. We want them to help people. And that's, that's what we're going to do. Um, so registering is always the thing that we want people to do. But but beyond that is, is making sure that the people in your life know what that means to you and um, can support that decision as well. Because that means just because you mark it on your driver's license does not mean it happens, correct? You're actually wrong about that. Really? So um, after or at the age of 18, it mm. becomes a legal decision. So if, uh, a, you know, if somebody's fifth or 16 and they register as the minimum age in Nebraska, between the ages of 16 and 18, the parents do have... Okay have a say in that. But at the age of 18, it becomes a legally binding decision. And so we are required to carry out the wishes of the donors in that situation. And, you know, most times people are on board with that, but when they're not, it's really hard. Oh, that makes, yeah. It's really hard um, on the families. It's really hard on our team. And we don't ever want to be in those situations. We want that experience to be the experience that Colleen had. Um, And so that's why we really encourage those conversations. Just, you know, and for me, I mean, I work in this field, so obviously, but I'm like, it's to me, it should be a joyful decision. Like thinking about when I'm gone, I could save eight lives and heal another hundred people. Like what better thing could come of my death than something like that? And so, yeah, there is death involved and that can be a hard thing. You know, nobody wants to think about that, but it can be a really positive thing that comes from that. And so, you know, I encourage people to, to think about it with that lens on it and what's the good that I can do at that point. Um, some of our initiatives to help people really understand that impact of us, of course, doing things like this, telling stories. We do that on social media. We have advertising campaigns. Um, a big part of what we do is um, education in high schools as well, though. So, you know, our goal is to be at every single high school in Nebraska and or maybe it's driver's ed, but getting in front of um, kids before they get in to get that driver's license for the first time. And it's their choice. We're not telling them that, yeah, you need to say yes to donation, but there's a box that you're going to be asked to check at the when you're getting your driver's license. And you should know what that box means. Um, it means you could potentially save 100 people or, you know, impact 100 people. Um, this is what that process is going to look like if, if something were to happen to you. Um, and so we go into schools. We, you know, we educate the kids within the schools. We also have an online program that educators and other um, people that help youth can can do as well and use that in their classrooms. So that's a big piece of what we do. Um, I talked about some of the events that we have throughout the year. Um, last weekend, we had an amazing event in Omaha um, called Donor Sabbath, and that was a church service because, you know, obviously faith plays a big in, a role in this, especially at somebody's time of death. And so we had a church service at um, a church in North Omaha, and we had testimonials from people like Colleen there just sharing what donation has meant to them and how that's impacted their lives. So we do things like that. April is National Donate Life Month, so we have lots of events during that time. And um, you know, just really, again, sharing those stories whenever we can. Do you ever run into hesitancy, um, you know, amongst people that, that maybe, you know, maybe they have a kind of a, a moral conflict about it or, or, or maybe just a, maybe just a lack of understanding of how the process works. How do you, how do you handle that? Yeah, absolutely. So research says 90% or more of people throughout the United States and, and our own research here in Nebraska echoes that, that over 90% of people say it's a good thing. That's mm-hmm. something that we should do. But if we look at the registration rates, we're at like 50%. So, oh, wow. Right? We have, a big, we have a big gap there. So why is that? Um, I think the biggest reason here in Nebraska is people think I'm too old or I'm not healthy enough. So hmm. there are no restrictions for registering to be a donor other than you have to be 16 years old. Beyond that, anybody can mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we look at our registration rates, we see as soon as like 45, people start falling off of the registration list because they think, you know, I'm too old or, you know, I have diabetes, so there's no way that I could be a donor, right? Well, you have uh, six organs, Tyson mentioned earlier, lots of tissues that can help somebody. So just because one thing might not be functioning at its peak doesn't mean all those other things couldn't help somebody. Mm -hmm. And so we always encourage people, like, if you want to be a donor, if you want to help someone, check that box. Like, who knows what's going to happen when you die? Um, it used to be that hepatitis was a rule out for donation. It's not anymore. You can still donate if you have hepatitis. So 20 years down the road, who knows what we're going to be doing, right? Yeah. And so it's just 
making a conscious decision around the outcome that you want to happen and then rely on the medical experts to take care of that, right? Yeah. And then when it comes to age, um, like I said, as soon as 40, 45, people start dropping off the list. Um, in, well, I can't remember the state, but it was last year in the United States, there was a 95-year-old organ donor. Like <laughs> a 95-year-old saved one someone's life through organ donation. So you're probably not too old to yeah. donate, right? I, I remember when I started as a deputy, because we, we, you touched on this earlier, but we, we do coroner investigations. Mm-hmm. And so we, as the sheriff's office, go to coroner calls for on behalf of the county attorney. Um, and you know, when I started 15, 20 years ago, whatever it is, somewhere in the middle, um, I, I don't think back then, Ben, there was, there wasn't a, it, it was, it was a consideration, but it, uh, it was kind of that, that gray area of, well, I'm, you know, they had this or they had that and, you know, maybe they're eligible, maybe they're not. And it was, it, it wasn't always a, a mandatory thing. I think, do you know what our referral rate is now? Tyson or I'm your referral rate to us is like 90% plus. And, okay. And that 10% is, is, um, is understandable. It's yeah. certain things we disqualify we about yeah. it. And, okay. And well, the thing sense, we but. weren't doing is, you know, when people got to the hospital, the hospital was required to make those notifications, but right. it's for the individuals who didn't make it to mm-hmm. the hospital that, uh, we were missing. And that yep. was There's, the big thing that we ended up, our relationship started going mm-hmm. and, and there's still options for, for even, even those people that die outside of the, the hospital. Yep. So all those yeah. tissue donation, uh, prospects or, or potentials are there um, up to 24 hours after a death. So yeah. yeah, even if you don't pass in the hospital. And really, I think um, the big changes to kind of how you guys did things have just come about in the last seven, since you came six, on, seven years. When we entered, you know, yeah. when you got on and we got introduced is when those changes We were started. able to really kind of hammer down and say, what's the right thing to do here and how do we do it the best way? Right. Um, so yeah, that it, it's pretty recent that those changes happened. So, Kara, there are probably people that are listening to this podcast that are driving in their car, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking around <laughs> them and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully not staring at their phone, but uh, paying close attention to the road as they should. How can they register to be and, you know, we, ta- we talked about the driver's license yep. thing, but there are certainly other ways to do it. Absolutely. So if they if they want to make that that decision to uh, to be a donor, um, to, to be a gift to someone, how can they do that? Um, if you're not going into the DMV anytime soon, then we're going to encourage you to go on our website and that's liveonnebraska.org. There's a form on there that's going to take you two minutes or less to complete. Um, and, and then that's, that's it. Um, another really exciting opportunity that we just implemented, it's been a year now is on hunting and fishing registrations or so when you're going to get your license for the year, you have the opportunity to select that, um, when you're filling out that application as well. So it really is a simple process. Um, and you know, one that can have such a big impact. And if people have more questions about the process or what it means, um, can they go to the same place? Yep. Lots of information on our website and, you know, we're here to be a resource for people across the state too. So if you want us to come out and give a presentation at your church or in your workplace or in your classroom, um, call us up or hit us up on the website and, and we'll come and we'll talk to you and make sure, you know, we can answer your questions and get you the information you need. Yeah. How about, how about donating? For, oh, for you. our organization. Yes. yes. <laughs> I told my boss, I, I, if you ever want me to be a fundraiser, I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was going to say it. I knew she was going to say it. I'm like, donating. No. Um, of course, we accept donations. Um, and there's a donation form on our website that you can um, donate as well. And that helps us do educational um, events and awareness as well. So there's certainly that opportunity. Our ask is always for you to think about being a donor. Like that's our, that's our big ask of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, closing thoughts today. I would just say to you guys both, I mean, I think I've probably said this a few times, but I'm I'm glad that you were able to see firsthand the impact that your decision to collaborate with us makes. And this is just one story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many, so many over the last six years um, that have been impacted by your professionalism, your commitment to this cause. Um, and so not on behalf of Live on Nebraska alone, but on behalf of every single family that's been impacted by organ and tissue donations in, in Lancaster County, we say thank you to your office. Um, the, the impact and the reach and the lives saved is incredible. So thank you. Well, I was out at the scene um, with your daughter. And, you know, when we get there, then, then it ends. And uh, hearing what happened, you know, that put a whole different perspective on how I remember that accident mm-hmm. and what transpired that day. And and I, uh, 
so many so many ways that Ryan Post lives on um, in her her gift of donation um, of organs of tissue of her story um, and you know even even those of us that drive down 68th Street um, and and see her memorial um, the the lives that uh, the lives that she's touched will uh, will continue. Yeah, thank you. And kind of when you're talking about, you know, her story could have ended at that car crash on that side of the road with that memorial. But here we are six years later. Mm. And how many people, not only in our area or Nebraska, but in the world because of organ donation and because of, you know, trying to decrease distracted driving. And and that's where I keep pushing is not so much, like you said, you know, of like, yes, I want everybody to know Ryan's story, but just like live on saving lives is really become my, my focus and, and making sure that more people are donating organs and also, you know, making sure that they're being safe drivers. And so that's, you know, that her story's not ending there and it's continuing to save lives. So well thank said. you for sharing it. Well, and uh, we just want to thank all of you for, for joining us today and, uh, and taking time out of your schedules, which we know are busy too. Um, but it, it's such an important message and it's a very, a very tangible way that, uh, you know, it's that it's a club that people don't want to be in, yeah. like you said, but, um, a very, a very tangible way that people can, uh, give back to, to their, their community. Sad things are always going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm it's sorry to have to say that, but at least you guys are, are here to at least make something good from it all. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. That brings us to the end of another episode of the 902 podcast. We want to thank our guests today, Tyson Kinsley and Kara Cordell from Live On Nebraska, and also Colleen Lovett for sharing her story of her daughter, Ryan, and her gift of organ donation following her tragic death. If you would like more information about organ donation in Nebraska, check out liveonnebraska.org. There you'll find information about donation, donor families, how to get involved, and other information about registering as an organ donor in the state of Nebraska. If you have questions about career opportunities at the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office, we'd encourage you to check out joinlso.com. There you'll find information about the various career path opportunities that are available to you at our office. Lastly, make sure to connect with us on social media. You can find us at Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all at LSO Nebraska. And if you'd like to send us an email, fire it off to LSO at Lancaster.ne.gov. Hope you'll join us next time for another episode of the 902 podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you.